Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and this week we have had such a good time looking at the fact that we are chosen by God. And today we're going to continue there. It's going to be good. But I want to remind you about my new Christmas book. The book is called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. And the reason I call it Christmas, The Rest of the Story, is because there's so much to the story that no one ever told me. And year by year, I've been sharing all these details with my friends and my family. And for 25 years, I've said, one day I'm going to put this into a book. Well, guess what? We finally did it. And the book is marvelous because it is fully illustrated. When you see the illustrations, you will be amazed. It is such a gift. This new book called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. And I want you to order yours before Christmas gets here because you need to have it in hand so you can be ready for the Christmas season. Watch this. In many cases, Christmas has become the battleground in the ongoing culture war. Christmas has become happy holidays, and even the word Christmas has been canceled. In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick reminds us of the true reason for the season, the birth of Jesus. Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, The Rest of the Story invites you to explore the Christmas story as you interact with the story across nearly 300 decorated pages. With Rick's scholarly insight on the familiar story, you'll get a fresh, deep, and new understanding of the nativity story and the powerful message of the Gospels. The Christmas story is the most important story ever told. It is just miraculous. And with this wonderful, fully illustrated book, you will learn so much and you'll want to share it with others. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you will receive the eternal story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this timeless keepsake. Bound in a landmark large format book, you can emphasize the true meaning of Christmas to your friends and family. This sweeping portrait of the Christmas story takes readers on an illuminating journey into that first holy night and ultimately the redemption story of God's love. Great as a gift or enhancing your own traditions, pre-order the book today, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. Get your copy today. Please, please, please go online or give us a call and order your copy of Christmas, the rest of the story, and order several. I promise you when you get yours, you're going to say, ah, why didn't I order another one? This is a book you're going to want to share with somebody. And today we're also offering you my brand new series that I'm really excited about called Chosen by God. God has chosen you for a divine assignment. Will you dare to fulfill it. You say, well, I don't know what it is. Well, that's what the series is about. It's designed to help arouse you to the call of God on your life. It's a 15-part series, and it comes with a wonderful study guide so you can read all the points and the notes and the principles while you're seeing and while you're hearing the series and really get this down deep into your heart. And we're also offering you right now my book by the same title called Chosen by God. The foreword is written by my friend Joyce Meyer. This is one of my favorite books that I've written. Every time I go back and look at this book, I think, wow, 
I wish somebody had given me that book when I was a younger man because it would have helped me find God's call for my life so much quicker and would have answered so many questions for me. And that's why I want you to get a copy of this book. And today I'm going to be reading just a few pages from this book. But please remember that if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. Just give us a call or send us an email. And I promise you, the moment the phone rings, or the moment your email shows up in our inbox, you're going to find a voice or a friendly person waiting for you who's going to really release their faith for Jesus to move in your life. Praying for you and praying for our partners is one of the highest priorities of our ministry. So please let us know how to pray for you. But reach for your Bible. We always use the Bible in this program because we believe in the Word of God, and we always declare Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the Word of a king is, there's power. And the reason we declare that is because we believe the Word of God has power, and if you'll embrace it and obey it, it will release its power in your life. But I need to answer a question. Somebody said, Brother Rick, why do you have Vladimir Lenin on the set with you this week? Because in the first two days this week, I talked about the surprising call of God. When God pointed his finger at me and told me to move my family from the United States to the former Soviet Union. But the time we came, it wasn't former. <laughs> we moved our family to the Soviet Union, a land that had been dominated by Lenin and communism and atheism, and a land that had just fallen into a shambles and was an economic nightmare. That was not something I would have ever imagined by myself. It really was the call of God. And I had to learn how to embrace it. I had to accept it and I had to obey it. And when we first stepped out in faith to obey God's calling, we had no idea the wonderful things that God was going to do in our life. And usually when a person first begins to step out in faith, they're a little trepidatious. They're wondering what the future holds. But my friend, I want to tell you, if God has a vision for you, if God has a call for you, it means something good is waiting for you. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. And specifically today, we're going to answer the question, what is a vision? You know, when I was a young man, I'd never heard the word vision. I had never heard of anybody having a vision. If somebody had asked me what was my vision for my life, I would have said, I have no idea. I don't even know what that means. Well, what is a vision. Well, it's very important because the Bible tells us in Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. So a vision must be pretty important. Where there's no clear-cut direction or goal to live for, people live purposeless lives. And there are other translations of Proverbs 29, 18. For example, one says, where there's no vision, the people live purposeless, meaningless lives. Another says, where there's no vision, the people have no sense of direction and lose their reason for living. Another says, where there's no vision, people become lazy, dissatisfied, and sluggish. Another says, where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint and become undisciplined and unproductive. People need a sense of direction. We need boundaries. We need barriers. We need goals for our life. And friend, I'm going to tell you that I can personally testify in seasons when I feel like I have lost my goal and my reason for living, 
I have sunk to some pretty unbelievable lows. <laughs> I would be embarrassed to tell you how low I have sunk. That's because I need a vision. I need a reason to get up every morning and to face the new day. And so do you. God did not call us into the world just to go to work, go home, go to sleep, eat, go to the bathroom, get up, start it all over the next day, just hum-ho, monotonous, day after day, repetitious routine. No, no, no. God called us into this world to do something. In fact, the very first words of God, the man tells us God intended for us to reach out to achieve something great. Listen to the first words of God in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Do you hear that word dominion? It means God wants us to reach out for something great. God wants us to do something significant. This is why men want to climb Mount Everest. This is why people want to go to the moon or now go to the Mars. This is why people want to do something magnificent. That's a spark which God placed in the nature of man. And when man loses that spark, he becomes dysfunctional, lazy, lethargic, lackadaisical in his approach to life. And that's why you need a vision. You need a goal to live for. And when you have a vision that is in front of you, it really gives you a reason to push through all the challenges that you face in life. It gives you something to look forward to in your future. And I know in my personal life, when I have a vision and I stay on track with my vision, it gives me direction. If I get off track with the vision that God gave me, I usually get into trouble. And that's why a vision is so important. It gives you direction. It shows you what you need to do. It helps you to measure whether you're on track or whether you are off track. For my own personal life, my vision is like a rock that I can lay hold of. It is an anchor in my life. This is so very important. So what is a vision? Well, I'm going to read to you from this book called Chosen by God. And I want you to listen to what I have written on page 33. Please order this book. Just go online or give us a call right now. This is a book that you really need to read, or you should buy it for somebody else who's seeking God's will for their life. We're all chosen by God to do something. I know you're chosen for eternal salvation, of course, but God has a greater plan than that. He wants you to do something right now. But listen to this reading from verse from page 33. What is a vision? The word vision in Hebrew means to see. It's the idea of having a mental image so sharp and so clear that you're able to picture it. You're able to see something in your mind. It's not an abstract idea that you can't latch on to. It's a concept so concrete that you can easily grab hold of it and say, that's it. I see it. I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. So a vision is something that you can mentally see and grasp. Now listen to this. When God first called me to broadcast the Word of God on television into as many homes and regions as possible, such a thought was the furthest thing from my imagination. It had never before entered my mind. But when God spoke to me, I was able to see. I was able to see 
what he was asking me to do. It wasn't just an abstruse, fanciful notion floating around somewhere out in the spirit realm. It was a dream that took shape and materialized in my heart, in my mind, and I could literally see it in my mind. I could visualize precisely what God was calling me to do. It was direction so strong that I could stand on it and move with confidence as I began to fulfill it. And when I think of how God likes to plant his dreams and visions in hearts, I'm also reminded of how God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. God drew Abraham's attention upward to the stars. And when Abraham looked at the stars and could see the countless stars in front of him, he heard God say in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, so shall thy seed be. And in that moment, God put an image in Abraham's mind he would never forget. Abraham saw a vision of what God wanted to do through him. That vision stayed with Abraham for the rest of his life. He was never able to forget or to get away from what he had pictured that night when God first spoke to him. That vision is what kept him going year after year through thick and thin, through good times and bad times until it was finally fulfilled in his life. But it's important for you to also know Please pay attention. Listen to this. That the Hebrew word for vision, vision, is the same identical Hebrew word for provision, which means a vision gives you provision. A vision gives you provision. Well, what do I mean when I say that a vision gives you provision? First of all, it shows you what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Secondly, it will show you what you're not supposed to be doing with your life. When you have a vision, you know where you're supposed to spend your money. You know where you're not supposed to spend your money. When you have a vision, you know how to plan your calendar. You know what you need to say yes to, and you learn what you need to say no to. A vision gives you boundaries, and it gives you direction. And today we're going to look at several examples in the Bible of people who received a vision for their life. And we're going to begin with Noah. And of course, God spoke to Noah. And when God spoke to Noah and told him that a flood was coming and he was to build an ark, suddenly in Noah's mind, he could see that. And when he saw this in his mind, it changed his life. It changed his life assignment. For the rest of his life, he was to prepare for the flood. It would require his money, his time, his family, his planning, his calendar. Everything was required to bring to materialization what he saw in his mind. And in Hebrews 11 verse 7, it says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of of his house. That vision gave him direction. Or we've already seen Abraham. And actually sometimes a vision comes in stages. The first time that God spoke to Abraham, he was living in Ur of the Chaldees, a very luxurious life. And suddenly we're told in Acts chapter 7 that the God of glory appeared to him. Suddenly Abraham found himself standing in a cloud of glory. And according to Galatians chapter 3, God preached the gospel to Abraham right out of that cloud of glory. And then you connect all of that to Hebrew, to Genesis chapter 11, where God said to Abraham, leave your country, leave your family, follow me to a new land. 
That was the first part of the vision, just following God. Sometimes the vision comes in stages. But when he was following God, finally, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, God brought him out that night and said, Abraham, look at the stars of the sky. And when Abraham looked up and saw the stars of the sky, he heard the word of God, so shall thy seed be. And that word went into his heart. And the Bible says Abraham believed God. He could never get away from that image in his mind. It provided him faith to believe that he would become the father of many nations. It provided direction for him. Or how about the example of Joseph in the Old Testament who received two dreams? Listen to this, Genesis 37, verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream. We're talking about a vision. And he told his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Sometimes people won't rejoice when you announce that you've had a vision. Listen to verse 6. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream, which I have dreamed. Verse 37. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and behold, your sheaves stood round about and made, oh, they bowed before my sheaf. Hmm. Verse 8. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his visions or for his dreams and for his words. Sometimes your vision will make people angry. And then we read in Genesis chapter 37, verse 9, And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars bowed before me. Genesis 37, verse 10. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow ourselves to thee to the earth? It made them angry. And let me tell you that sometimes when God speaks to you and gives you a vision, it's not always the moment to reveal it to others. Sometimes you have to sit on it for a while. But he revealed it very early, and it caused him a lot of troubles in his life. And that is why Psalm 105, verse 19 says, Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tried him. Sometimes it's very trying to wait for your vision to come to pass. But probably he could have used more wisdom in the way that he first revealed it. Then we go to the example of King David, a shepherd boy who was anointed three times. Three times. Not once. He had three separate anointings. The first is in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, when the prophet Samuel came to the household of Jesse to anoint the new king of Israel. And the Bible says, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, that's David, in the midst of his brethren, in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. But he wasn't king officially yet. He was king in the presence of God and the king in the presence of his brothers. But the vision of God was beginning to materialize in his life. Then when you come to 2 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 4, you find he was anointed a second time, this time in front of the elders of Judah. And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And we find that David is growing in his vision. It's moving from a private vision 
Now it's before the men of Judah, but wait, there's a third anointing. And we read about that in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 3. So all the elders of Israel came to the king to Hebron, and King David made a league with them in Hebrew before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. So David began with a private vision in front of his brethren, then before the men of Judah, then it grew more, and finally he was anointed in front of all the men of Israel. Finally, the entire nation recognized this is the king. And you need to understand that sometimes your vision will progress. But the first moment that oil hit his head in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, it gave him definition for his life. He knew he was going to be king. Or how about the example of the apostle Paul? He gives us his own testimony in Acts chapter 26, verse 16, where he tells us that Jesus appeared to him and Jesus said, but rise, stand upon thy feet for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. Immediately he had purpose. When he had a vision, it gave purpose to his life to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of the things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom I now send thee, verse 18, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And in verse 19, he said to King Agrippa, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. And notice he says, I was not disobedient. It means he could have been disobedient. But when Jesus spoke to him, it gave him new boundaries. It gave him new perimeters for his life. It set him on a course. He was able to see what he was supposed to do with his life. And my friend, God has a plan for you. You said, come on, Brother Rick, are you sure? Absolutely. We've already seen in previous programs that Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens. It's talking about everything under the heavens having a purpose. So if you're under the heavens, you qualify. God has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose for your ministry, your career, your business. He wants to give you a vision for your talent, sports, money. He wants to give you a vision if you believe that you're called to be a giver, or maybe you believe you're called to volunteer or to serve, or maybe God has given you a vision to get physically in shape or to lose weight. You need a vision for that. Or maybe you have a vision for your family, for your kids, for your grandkids, or maybe a le legacy project for your family. All of these require vision, and a vision will give you direction. Remember, the word vision means to see, and when you have a vision, it also gives you provision, it gives you boundaries, it gives you direction, it gives you perimeters, so you can see what you're supposed to do and know exactly how to get there. And that's where we're going to pick up in the next program. I'll be back in just a moment 
and I'm going to pray for you. Rick Renner's new series, Chosen by God, is jam-packed with strength and encouragement to help you wake up to the fact that you are chosen by God and not just for salvation. God has a specific, marvelous, and powerful plan for your life right now. There is nothing more thrilling than to know you are chosen by God and exactly what He brought you into the world to do. In this powerful 15-part series, Rick will prove to you that God has a specific plan designed just for you. Why you are experiencing so many hassles along the way, you can overcome any roadblock the devil tries to use to stop you. You have everything you need inside you to bulldoze the powers of hell out of your way. That you are exactly the kind of person God wants to choose and use. This 15-part series is available in digital or physical format, starting at just $24. We're also offering you Rick's 304-page book, Chosen by God, with a foreword by Joyce Meyer. Joyce says, in Chosen by God, Rick clearly establishes that many are called, but few are chosen. But why is this the case? What are the necessary requirements for not only being called, but chosen as well? What is the cost of fulfilling God's call upon your life? Rick gives us all the requirements necessary to say yes and to fulfill our God-given destinies. This dynamic book is just $18. Are you ready for a life adventure? Order the 15-part series Chosen by God and the life-changing book Chosen by God. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. This is Rick Renner, and my friends, right now, we're in the very middle of our ministry expansion project. It's three phases. Phase one was building the new studio in Moscow. You helped us do that. Thank you. Phase two was finishing the interior of the studio. You helped us do that. Thank you. Now we're in phase three, which is retiring the debt on the ministry headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our ministry has never had debt. The reason we've been able to do what we've done is because we've never had to service debt. When we built our building in Riga, we did it cash. When we built the building in Moscow, it is amazing that we were able to do it with cash. And now we want to retire the debt on the Tulsa headquarters building so we can liberate all that money to really take the teaching of the Bible around the world. You know, it's never about buildings. It's about having an anchor where the Word of God can go forth. And in that Tulsa facility, we're taking calls from people who are literally calling us from all over the world. And from that facility, we're producing TV programs, social media, we're fulfilling orders for books and giving away thousands and thousands of different resources to people who are reaching out to us because they believe that we provide teaching they can trust. And it's very important that we retire that debt as quick as possible because it will liberate funds for the preaching of the word to the ends of the earth. And that is what we're called to do. And today I want to ask you to please continue to be a part of our giving team so we can retire the debt on the Tulsa building and then we'll be finished with the ministry expansion project. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for becoming a part of the giving team. We have covered so much material today that I know you cannot possibly recall it all. So I want you to go online or give us a call and order the new series called Chosen by God. Can you understand why I want you to have this series? Listen to what is in this series. 
This series is designed to help awaken you to what God wants you to do with your life. It's designed just for you. So order yours today by going online or by giving us a call, and it comes with a great study guide. And remember that we're also offering you right now my book by the same title, Chosen by God, the foreword written by Joyce Meyer. Of all the books that I've written, this may be one of my favorites. Every time I flip through the pages of this book, I want to read it myself, and I wrote it. So I know it's going to be a blessing to you. But my friends, you are chosen by God. And I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for the call on our lives. That you called us to salvation and you prepared works that we're supposed to be walking in. And Lord, when you reveal those works to us, suddenly we have a vision and a reason for our existence. So Lord, we ask you to open the eyes of our spirit and help our minds to conceptualize what it is we were brought into this world to do. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We'll be back tomorrow, and tomorrow is going to be so good, I can hardly wait. But until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. Mm-hmm.